Uppercut Podcast. We are back with another episode with a special guest. This is technically our first special guest that's international. He's hailing from Ontario, Canada. He's a sixth-ranked Bellator middleweight. Tonight we have Aaron Jeffrey. Aaron, thanks for coming on. How are you making out tonight? I'm good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Not bad. Just got off work. You know, nothing special. Nice. <laughs> so first thing we wanted to ask you about is how your camp's going for this upcoming fight next Friday. Very good, man. Yeah, it's been really good. No injuries, uh, not even really any bumps or bruises or anything. Um, and it's been a long camp, so that's rare. Like a lot of fighters go into fights, uh, at least with some bumps or bruises or, or minor injuries. And I'm, I'm feeling good, so I'm ready to go. Awesome. Good to hear. And what do you anticipate from your matchup next Friday from John Salter? Is this going to be your toughest matchup to date, you think? <clears throat> He's up there for sure. I mean, once you get to this level, every fight's a tough fight, right? Like, like when you're in the, the top 10 of the big promotions, pretty much everyone's elite. So um, I don't know if you can say he's the toughest, but uh, everyone poses different challenges. Right, exactly. Are you eyeing up any opponents up the leaderboard after next Friday? I don't know, man. We're going to have to see what happens. I kind of got one thing on my mind right now. We'll beat him and, and we'll see where I fall in the rankings and then we'll see what's next. Right. It's probably the smart approach to take, not really look past him. So um, Exactly. We heard you said you wanted Musasi for the belt after your last win. I know he might be finished with the sport after his next fight, but if not, is that still a fight you want following this fight, even if he was, you know, on his way out? Yeah, again, we've got to see uh, what happens. He's He's got a fight lined up. I think it's in May yeah. uh, yep. against Edwards. So we'll, we'll see what happens in that fight, and we'll see what happens versus me in me versus Salter. But uh I think the four of us are, are pretty much the, the short list there for a title shot. So uh, we're going to have to see what happens. Right. Jeff, do you have one? You're in a real great position right now to be ha- like a household name for Bellator. You got two fights and two finishes. Does that give you like any extra motivation to go out there and like, you know, put on a show? For sure, man. Yeah. I uh, kind of took the division by storm, I guess. Right. Like, yeah. um, uh, in my second fight, I'm already fighting number two, uh, third fight in, uh, and now I'm fighting another guy in the top five. So, yeah, it's huge, man. So I definitely want to make another big impression here. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so we'll touch a little bit on your past while we continue with this episode. How was it that you got into fighting? Was there a moment when you knew fighting was for Aaron Jeffrey, or did you never really have that moment? Uh, nothing nothing really specific, man. Um I used to watch UFC when I was growing up. I had an older brother, so he kind of got me into it. Uh, I, I enjoyed watching it. Then I, I joined a small gym and, and started training. Um, then when I u- moved away for university, I found a bigger gym that was a bit better, and they had a few pro and AMI fighters. Uh, I started training with the, the team, and then one day the, the coach asked me if I wanted to fight, and I said okay, and uh, the rest is history. Right, right. Jeff, you wanted to ask about GSP? Yeah, I heard you say you weren't a big GSP guy. Is there any other Canadian fighters you like? Kind of looked up to? Uh, that's a good question. I don't. There wasn't really any other big Canadian fighters. I don't think even at the time was there. Yeah, um, I, 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 I liked GSP, but uh, I wasn't just a, a diehard fan like a lot of other Canadians were. Um, like his rivalry with with BJ Penn, I was a huge BJ fan, so I always wanted BJ to win. Right. So how did you make your transition from training at a young age to actually jumping into an amateur promotion? Um, the, man, I was just training and, and sparring with like the, the pro and amateur fight team. And the coach asked me if I wanted to fight. 
And I was like, damn, that's crazy. I never even really considered it, but I had done some jujitsu tournaments. So I had already competed a bit. Uh, but yeah, the coach asked me if I wanted to fight. So we accepted one and I, I trained and fought and had no idea what to expect. Um, and I got my ass kicked in my first amateur fight, but I loved it and uh, stuck with it. Right. Yeah, I guess everyone's got to take ass kicking in life here and there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so you bounced around a good bit throughout a few different promotions through your professional and amateur career. What was that experience like? Was there any standout experiences, any promotions you liked more than others? Um, so being being here in Canada, we didn't really have uh, – amateur MMA was illegal for a long time. Um, I think it might be illegal again, actually. I'm not sure exactly what the laws are, but uh, when our team was fighting amateur, we always had to travel down into the States to get fights. So we were going to Ohio, Pennsylvania, and I think New York a couple times too. Um, so I was kind of used to being uh, like the away team um, and used to fighting in like different small promotions and whatnot. So when I turned pro uh, and I was kind of bouncing around, like you said, it was like it was pretty much all I knew at the time was to – go to a different promotion, go wherever I'm going to be able to get a fight. So uh, it was kind of all I knew for most of my career. Right. Was there any specific region you fought more in than others, or were you just taking wherever was open? Uh, pretty much wherever was open, but, like, everything was within driving distance, right? So uh, we're pretty much in Niagara Falls here, so whatever was close to here but stateside. So uh, I think the majority of my fights were in Ohio, uh, then I had a few in, in Pennsylvania and maybe like a couple in New York. Right. How far is Pennsylvania from you? Um, not far at all. Like Philly is like six hours maybe. Yeah, yeah. We live right by Philly. That's why I was asking. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's not too bad. Jeff, mm -hmm. did you want to ask about some opponents? Yeah. I mean, now it all makes sense with all the Philly guys on your belt. But you fought some killers like Sean Brady Andre Petrosky, two Philly guys, and then mm -hmm. Brendan Allen as well. Is mm -hmm. there any opponent that like really stuck out to you? Um, well, Brendan Allen definitely sticks out because he he fucking whooped my ass real quick. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I don't know. Sean Sean Brady's a memorable one just because uh, we were kind of like up and coming, and and I knew he was going to do big things. It was kind of cool to like watch his career grow after that fight. Um, so yeah, I would probably say those two, Brendan Allen and Sean Brady. Do you think both you guys had an understanding that you're both going to do big things after that? Like, was there like a feeling of that going into fight Sean Brady? Or were I you think guys so. Super yeah, young? we were pretty young, but uh, he was like their guy. The the promotion. I think I fought him at CFFC, and they knew he was going to be big. And uh, I think I kind of had a name for myself as an amateur fighter in that region, so they kind of like matched it up as like the the tough up-and-coming Canadian kid versus the tough Philly kid. Um, and everyone there loved the fight. I don't even know if there's tape of that fight anymore, but uh, the crowd loved it, and all the people from the promotion loved it. And anytime I saw Sean Brady's team after that, they always told me it was the toughest fight he ever had. So that was cool. Yeah, that's saying a lot since what he's been through. And you fought him at welterweight, right? Yes, I did. That's what I wanted to ask you about. So what made you do that little stint in welterweight? I saw you had an Instagram post, and you said you looked sad in it. And yeah. I mean, it probably was a sad moment, cutting all that weight. So what made you do that stint? Um, I don't know. Like, everyone I knew, because when we fought amateur, you weighed in the day of. Uh, so you didn't really, like, do a water cut. Like, I would diet down to 185 to make 185. Uh, and then pretty much everyone I knew, they, they fought – 
a weight class down after they turned pro because then you had the day before weigh-ins. So I fought amateur at 185, and I was like, hey, I guess when I go pro, then I go down to 170. And it was doable. Like, it was miserable, but it was doable. I could probably still even do it now, I think. Um, it's just not fun at all, and, and I don't know uh, how much benefit I'm going to get from it. Right. So was your permanent stay at middleweight just basically because of the weight cutting alone? Pretty much. I, and then I had a couple years off at one point in my career. Um, and I, I grew a bit during that time. Like I wasn't training as hard and I just kind of put on some size, I guess. And then I was walking around at like 195 and I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know if I can make that cut anymore. So I just decided to go up. Right. Did you feel any weaker at welterweight and you like less? I, I can't recall that ever during a fight, but uh, my, my training camp started to suck at some point because like three weeks out, I would be dieting so hard and I could like, barely get through a training session so it wasn't even so much the the actual fight that the weight cut was fucking me up it was like just not being able to get a proper training camp in right so for this upcoming fight next friday are you really cutting anything are you pretty much right around your base weight i'm i'm right where i need to be for my water cut i like where i walk around now i'm pretty much a, a water cut away from 185 oh awesome mm-hmm. uh, jeff do you have one on the topic of that water cut and all like how long do you ahead do you cut uh so tomorrow which is tomorrow will be five days out from weigh-ins right that's when i start like my water cut diet um i cut out my carbs and my sodium i still drink the the normal amount of water but cut my carbs and my sodium and that'll take like probably 12 pounds off me in the next four days uh and then i'll end up sweating maybe like Two or three pounds. Holy shit! Twelve pounds in four days. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. It seems crazy to us. Yeah, it's wild. Um, so, are you still based out of Canada? Yes and no. Like my my home gym is here, but uh, I've been doing a lot of time at Kilcliffe down in Florida. That's what I was going to ask. I saw you've been doing a lot of time there. Do you have a place in Florida, or do you just travel there, train, then come back? Uh, yeah, I just travel there and train and come back. My buddy's dad has a condo that's pretty close to the gym. Uh, and he lets me stay there for, for pretty cheap. So, uh, yeah, it's it's nice to have that spot there. Oh, that's awesome. So how did you get in with Niagara Top Team? How did that start? Um, I've known the coach who, who opened the gym, Niagara Top Team, for a long time. He's, uh, he's like, kind of well-known here in, in Canada. He was a really high-level wrestler. He was an Olympic alternate. Um, and he started working with some some MMA guys at some different gyms. So I met him at a different gym, and he told me to come wrestle with the university. So I was going out and, and doing practices there. And over the years, me and him just became really tight uh, as friends and uh, as, like, coach-athlete. And then I ended up moving in with him eventually, uh, and he opened the gym, and I started training there. And, uh, yeah, I've been here, like, full-time for the last, uh, I don't know, how many years, five years maybe? Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like a good balance between there and Kilcliffe. Mm-hmm. How has that move to Kilcliffe elevated your game? It's pretty sick, man. I, I like that gym a lot. Like, obviously, you guys are fans of the sport. You probably know how many guys are at that gym. Like, some days they have, like, 100 pro fighters on the mats. Uh, there's tons of big guys, too. Like, there's tons of middleweights for me to work with. Um, so, yeah, it's it's amazing to be able to go down there and get that work. Really high-level coaches, too. Um I think above all, it's like a, a confidence boost to go down there and, and train with like 
top 15 Bellator fighters, top 15 UFC fighters and, and have good rounds and, and just know where my skill set's at. Right. Do you train with anyone specific at Kill Cliff or do you just go in and take you can get? Uh, they got like a, a main crew of guys and I got some good friends on there. Um, Brandon Allen, Impa Kasang and I, uh, Derek Brunson was there this time, Gerald Mershart, um, yeah, tons of guys, Logan Storley. Oh, awesome. And, uh, yeah. what about at yeah. Niagara? Do you have main training partners there or is it since you're back and forth? Yeah. Yeah. I got some guys here. Uh, do you guys know Mike Malott who's in the UFC? He's yep. welterweight. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. yeah. He's one of my main guys. Um, Clayton Pye, he's he's an amateur right now, but he was uh, he won the Olympic trials uh, at his weight class here. So he's uh, he's a sick training partner for me. Uh, and we got a bunch of up and coming pros. There's Bobby Poulter, who's five and one. Uh, he's actually fighting next, not next weekend, the one after me for uh, X MMA. Oh, awesome! Um, down in Myrtle Beach. Um, but yeah, a bunch, bunch of guys that are like five and zero, oh, five and one, like up and coming guys that'll probably be like on, on the radar soon for like hopping into one of the big promotions. Yeah. The Myrtle beach scene seems to be picking up. We just interviewed uh, Joe Selecki's from there. I don't know if you know him. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know who he is. Yep. Jeff, did you have one? I heard you talk a little bit about uh, training with Brendan Allen. How, how does that switch go from like fighting against someone in an actual match and then going from training with them? How does that really um, come about? Probably depends on who it is. Um, it had been a long time though, right? Like I, I yeah. went down there for my first time last year, so it had been three years since I fought him. So it's not like there's any bad blood or anything. And Brendan's a cool dude; like he's he's hilarious, and I'm like a pretty chill guy. It's not like I'm going to hold a grudge for that. Um, and again, he's like a top fifteen UFC fighter. So why am I going to let the past stop me from training with a guy that's sick, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you guys both seem to have good attitudes to let bygones be bygones. I exactly. wanted to uh, touch on Petrowski a little bit because he was actually our first interview on this show. Was that a notable win for you? That was right before you kind of started your Contender Series run in Bellator. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it wasn't really a notable win at the time. He was just 5-0 and um, and hadn't been on the Ultimate Fighter or anything. But now it's one that I get asked about a lot. Um, it's his only... Uh, his only official loss, I guess, because the other one was on the show, so it's technically an exhibition. Uh, so, yeah, I get asked about that one a lot. Right. Jeff? Yeah. Uh, which, of which like, finish of yours would you say is your favorite? Which finish? Um, that's or a good at question. least fight. Or even fight. As the a Petrovsky one is pretty sick. Actually, the Petrovsky fight as a whole is not that sick because he took me down like a million times and punched me in the face like a million times. Uh, but I got the TKO, so like the, the finishing sequence is pretty sick in that one. Um, the Vanderford fight's obviously sick. I was going to uh, say, it's got to be hard to beat that one. Yeah, my Bellator debut was pretty sick too, though. The finishing sequence on that one was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to pick. Yeah, for sure. So we heard you say in another interview, too, that you were dealing with a separated shoulder at the end of last year. How has that been recovering? Because we know, you know, Delashaw had that. There's a few other guys who've had that reoccurring injury. Yeah, so I think what Dillashaw had is uh, a dislocated shoulder. So that's like the actual, like, ball and socket joint that kind okay. of holds your shoulder in place. Separated shoulder is like AC joint up here, like your collarbone. Um 
So apparently that ligament is like pretty, uh, pretty useless. Like you can rip it right off and it doesn't matter. Um, it's just fucking painful when it happens. So when it first happened, I thought I was like going to be out for like months and months and months and my career might be over and I was going to need surgeries and shit. Cause it was just so painful. But, um, I think it was probably like three weeks. I was back on the mats, moving around light. And then once I started moving around, it improved pretty quickly. And, and now I don't even really think about it anymore. So it's not even a hindrance to your game at this point. No, not at all. Damn, you must have lucked out with that. Uh, Jeff, yeah, got another sure. one? Uh, no, not really. So we'll, uh, well, if that's the case, then we'll move on to the last question. We wanted to get this out of here before this episode ends. We wanted to touch on the tragic loss of Elias Diodoro. What was the lasting impact he's had on you or your fighting career or both? Um, man, I, I don't think I would be where I'm at without him. Um, I was like, I think I had just turned pro when I met him, uh, and he had just won the ultimate fighter. So he kind of like took me under his wing. Um, like he, he beat the shit out of me for years. Uh, he helped me like physically improve my skill set as a fighter, but also like mentally and, uh, like in a, in a business sense, cause he was like kind of marketing himself in a certain way. And I saw how he was like branching out and doing other things. Um, and he was always like helping me with whatever endeavors that I had. So yeah, I, I really don't think I'd be where I'm at without him. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad he had a lasting impact on you and I'm sure he has a lasting impact on the Canada MMA scene in general. And once again, Aaron Jeffrey, thanks so much for coming on and talking to us. We really appreciate it. Be sure to check out Bellator next Friday. Huge matchup between Aaron Jeffrey and John Salter. And thanks once again. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it.